I remember I used to play at, it was like one of those church leagues out in Atlanta. So that, that's, that's when I first remember playing basketball. I'm Ayola Kindumila, and this is Clear Minds, Full Hearts. I don't remember when I first started playing basketball, but my most vivid memory was when I was playing in middle school. In one game, I caught an offensive rebound and started dribbling in the opposite direction. I don't know what I was doing. I basically pulled a J.R. Smith before J.R. Smith. Needless to say, my basketball career never took off. That guy you heard earlier, his name is Jonathan. He played basketball on and off as a kid and all through high school and then kept playing in college. So in Atlanta, I played on the basketball team. And then after I graduated, then I started going to junior college. And then during the time when I was at junior college, this was when I began to play basketball out in Texas. And, and all, honestly, if, if I had it my way, I would have played in college for a Syracuse or like for a UNC or for a University of Kansas because I used to play the video games and I would always just print off rosters and look at these guys, like, like looking at their physique and looking how much they weighed and looking how tall they were. And I'm like, okay, so if I'm six, five, and then I'm 175, then I can play at this team or that team or all these different places. And the reality for me was that I was six, two, and I might've been like 140 ish, maybe. I don't even know if I was that much at the time. Uh, but ultimately then when I, when, when I was at, out at my junior college, which is Richland. And, you know, I, I give Richland so much credit because they were foundation of my life. I ended up going there with the understanding that I don't necessarily want to go to college, but I want to play basketball. So therefore I need to do the school part first, right? The student athlete, the whole thing. So th that's really when it came into play. And I didn't start out playing the first year because I couldn't even get my, I couldn't even really get my grades right the first year. But the second year I had an opportunity then to compete on the team. But at Richland, we ended up winning the junior college national championship. So that was a high. And that was one of those feelings and one of those things that can never be taken away. And, you know, just really enjoy knowing that I worked so hard with those guys and we sweat and we did pool workouts and we ran in the hot sun and we carried medicine balls and did all these crazy workouts. But knowing that we won that national championship and knowing that it was all worth it, Hmm. That, that was amazing. You know, that, that, that was definitely one of, the, one of the highs without the shadow of a doubt. It creates the opportunity for some people to live out a dream because some people know they're not going pro. And some people, it's just one of those things to where it's a means to an end. But at the same time, you get to enjoy the experience of traveling to different states and different universities and colleges and, you know, getting to build camaraderies. And I believe you build really deep relationships through the course of being on the team. And, and I think those aren't the things that are necessarily thought about. The individual athlete, I think it's more so selfish in their driving or striving towards what this opportunity can create for them. But, but at the same time, uh, when, when they begin to identify what it can create for them, then they happen to just benefit from these other things and from these other opportunities of building the camaraderie, learning the culture. You're, you're now sharing space with people who don't look like you and who aren't the same color and et cetera, et cetera. You know, we can go down the lines there, but I think, I think there's so many benefits to athletics. I think there's so many benefits to the aspect of being on a team. So after, after I went to, after I went to Richland, then I didn't really have any letters. I mean, I had, I had like two letters and it was almost like, like the junk mail type letters. So I was like, you send these letters to everybody. So I had the option between the University of Texas at Tyler, or I had the option uh, between, it was another school out in around Abilene, it was more so like a faith-based type school. 
And then I called them and then they didn't answer the phone. So uh, then they were kind of struck off my list process of elimination. And I visited the University of Texas at Tyler. So checking out the campus, going down there with my mom and getting to look around. And I was like, wow, this is, it's a, it's a nice campus as well as it's in the UT family system. So understanding that, I said, not only will it give me a, a nice opportunity to enjoy these nice amenities, because they have a nice core, nice facility, but then I would leave with a degree that would be credible as well. So Tyler, Texas, here I came. In life, we have many choices, even though it may not always feel that way. Jonathan could have gone to any school he wanted, but it was important for him to play basketball. So he went to Richland first and then transferred to UT Tyler. Playing basketball was the dream, and he was ready for that but he wasn't ready for some of the hardships that came with that. Some of the lows that I experienced at Richland, one first would be just comparing playtime. And then even me being the, I guess I'll call myself the, the coach in the shadows. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I say that because I believe that, you know, the parents, the players, whoever it might be, everybody is a coach, right? But everybody's like, oh, this person should be playing more. Why would you run this play instead of that play and this or that? So, you know, everybody has their own thought of the way, the perfect play that should be ran and this and that. And I was that person, but except my reality was slightly, or my view was slightly skewed because in every scenario, it would be taking out one of the people and always putting myself in the situation. One of my, my down would be, would be that being the internal coach as well as just being in a space to where I isolated myself. And that happened at Richland as well as at UT Tyler. Like when I began to feel that way, feeling upset, feeling mad, feeling frustrated, I would isolate myself and separate myself from the team. And then that hindered the level of experience that I could have been able to enjoy with, with my fellow brothers on the team and, you know, team dinners and, you know, guys are getting off the bus and we're going to gas stations and, and, and different restaurants and things like that and you know people are having fun inside you know like john you getting off the bus i'm like nah man i'm not going nowhere with y'all john we just won man come on we're about to go get ice cream man i don't want no ice cream like it was just it was just to a point to where my attitude was so bad because i was upset and i was frustrated but now even looking back thinking about those moments that i was hoping for wishing for praying for a lot of times i wasn't even ready for those moments because my mind wasn't right i took my mind out of the game when i began to be selfish and isolate myself so those were a few of the experiences. And then even the other part was uh, just at UT Tyler, I would begin to isolate myself. And then I would just, like, I was just drinking, just drinking, drinking. And I mean, yeah, a lot of people just drink, you know, do the party thing, whatever. But I, j I was beyond excessive. I was beyond excessively drinking. And then it got to the point to where I was, I was halfway hung over, halfway drunk on the bench. Coach like, John, get in the game. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to, no, I don't want to get in, I don't want to go get in the game. John, John, what's wrong? Get in the game. I'm like, nah, coach, it's only like 30 seconds left. I'm not getting in the game. You get in the game. You know, it was just one of those things to where, like I said, my mind was so upset. And so those were some of the lows, um, just looking at, you know, those times. But it got to the point one time to where uh, our team was on a winning streak. We were winning games. We were rolling. And then I was just so ready to just distance and isolate myself that I would run to the locker room after the game. And then I would just quickly, just try to put on my clothes, just get dressed fast and everybody just be ready to go. Like, just be ready and just sitting there. And like, that that made sense to me, even though it really makes no sense at all. But I think that that was that time and that was a space when I was, when I, when I was out of it. Like, 
if I was one of those cartoons like Snoopy, I had that cloud and it was just raining over my head and wherever I went, that's where that thing went. Because I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with anybody, but yet I was still putting myself in the situation because, you know, I didn't want to quit the team, I guess, but it, it was, it was a, it was a lot of immaturity, but at the same time with it being immaturity, it was just me not being aware of, how to share my emotions and share how I'm feeling in those moments. I couldn't have put words to it back then, but looking at it now and just looking at, you know, some of the language and terminology I've learned, uh, I feel that it was, it, it was me really having an identity in basketball, even though I really didn't think that I was, I really didn't think I was that player, right? I didn't think I was that guy, but I think I had an embedded identity in the game of basketball while also still having a fantasy that never got to be lived out. So it was like lacking closure in a fantasy that, that never came to fruition. So I, so I think that's why um, even after I finished that UT Tyler, I went and tried to do a little semi-pro ball with, you know, with hopes of going overseas and playing. And then this is when it just, it just started going down for me because I was getting really frustrated and, you know, I started doing stuff I never did before. I, they, they they started making calls on me and I was kicking balls and kicking chairs. And, and I'm like, I need to walk away from this game right now because I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing the game the way it's meant to be played. But at the same time, I don't think I'm in the headspace to. Pursuing a dream is hard and it's very rewarding when your dream comes to fruition. But what happens when it doesn't? It's beyond frustrating when you put in so much hard work and so much sweat and tears just to feel like you've fallen short. So here's Jonathan in his early 20s, no longer playing basketball and really not sure where he'd go next. You know, I didn't necessarily want to go to junior college, but I went. And then as I went there, then I got an understanding that I can get an associate's degree while I'm here if I just get a few more credits. So then I got that. Then I went to what was next, which was UT Tyler. And then uh, after I ended up graduating, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to see any more tests. I'm not trying to see any more papers. And writing was a struggle for me as, as a whole, right? Just sitting in class for an hour and a half was a struggle for me. Then I graduated and I came home and now I'm trying to figure out what's next because I have my bachelor's in psychology, which I mean, just makes me a potential applicant for almost like any job anywhere, potential applicant, right? Just because I have a degree, not because the degree in psychology, but just because I have a college degree and I show somebody that I can be consistent for four years but then the next part was, well, now where do I want to go with this degree? And then ultimately, I couldn't really find the best place. So then I, I started doing, you know, the, the menial type jobs. I was doing inventories, going in stores, counting late at night, counting 500 or 1500 pairs of panties at Target. And then after doing those things, uh, there's one other job that I had that I really enjoyed in working at a high-end jeans store. So I'm selling jeans to some high profile people from some television shows, some NFL players, NBA players, and different things like that. And then getting to the point where I start, I got like a little burnt out. Cause I was, I was two years in at this point and I'm like, I'm not doing anything that's purposeful. Like I'm selling jeans, the money is cool. And by cool, I mean, it's enough to, you know, be able to pay for me to go out happy hour for me and my friends to hang out over the weekend, but just enough to pay bills barely. Um, so, you know, just going through that whole thing and got to the point where I was like, I think I should be doing something else because this, this is not really, this isn't really cutting it. For a couple years, Jonathan was just wandering through life. 
At that jeans store, he had a conversation with a wonderful lady named Marlene, and that conversation changed his life for the better. Now, I appreciate Marlene. She did something most people wouldn't do. She pulled Jonathan aside and said the things he needed to hear in a very direct but kind way. Marlene was my match. Like, she met me. One day she came in because Marlene always would come to our store before and she was good friends with Alicia. So she already built the relationship with me. We had rapport. She was like, Jonathan, dude, your attitude sucks. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, yikes. And she was like, Jonathan, I just, uh, I just, I just can't deal with it today. She said, this is what I want you to do. She said, I want you to fix your face. I'm going to go in the back. I'm going to do what I need to do. Get these things together because I'm about to go on vacation with my husband. I don't want you to ruin it. I wasn't saying that to hurt your feelings or to harp on you or to come down on you, but I really just wanted you to understand. I want you to understand and know this. It's the simple fact that if you continue to affect people in that negative way and you walk around with that terrible attitude, then you're gonna hinder so many relationships and burn so many bridges. So that was the point to where everything came full circle. And then I created something called the No Complain Campaign. And it was just ultimately a social media push. And it wasn't about telling people, stop complaining, don't complain ever, anything like that, like a lot of people think. But it was just a platform to where ultimately I just helped people to focus on the just focusing on gratitude and focusing on and being grateful for the problems that they have, as well as the ones that they don't. Right. Sometimes we might complain. Oh, my goodness. I have to eat the same thing for leftovers three days straight. But then there's somebody over here that would pray and beg for your leftovers. It was just about that. And then that led to my book which is called Process, it was geared towards millennials. So Process is entitled 14 Surprisingly Simple Behaviors to Skyrocket Millennials to Success. So that was how I started out. Young professionals, I wanna to speak to young professionals, I wanna to speak to um, young leaders on campus. And then here in 2020, it transitioned to then focusing really on student athletes, just because there was, a, there was an opportunity there, as well as I know with me struggling in the transition, I can only imagine how many others struggled in transition. So now my audience has really become honed in on student athletes and young professionals. And from process, that's what really led to me speaking because I ultimately just wanted to push the message out, push the message out, help people become more positive, help people become more developed. And here we are. Jonathan started out playing basketball and now he's supporting as well as empowering student athletes. Even though it took a couple of years, he found a new dream, and that dream brings him so much joy and fulfillment. He loves talking about his journey, and if you'd like to know more, you should reach out to him. You can connect with me on social media. Just type in jonathanjonespeaks.com, and that's where I am on all social platforms. In addition to that, I have the free resource because I really believe in furthering student-athletes development. You can go to bit.ly forward slash the number seven ways you can. That link is also in my Instagram bio. It's a free ebook um, where I talk about, you know, seven ways we can better serve and support these student athletes. Go to the socials, find Jonathan, follow him and let him help you. This has been Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Thanks for listening.